Hello and welcome back to Don't Depend on Daddy, the podcast. My name is Michaela. I am your host and we are doing our 2023 wrapped today. I'm excited. It's going to be a little bit more of a reflective episode and I'm going to go into some of my goals, lessons, takeaways, accomplishments, etc. from 2023, which I'm excited to do. And I think this will be a good kickoff for me for like 2024 goal planning. So for context, it's December 14th. I'm going home next week to Cape Cod for about two weeks, a little less than two weeks for the holidays, obviously. And I'm excited to like unplug a little bit, but also do my annual goal setting process. So I did this last year and I did vlog it on TikTok, but essentially I usually take the last day of the year or the last week of the year to go through what I call a think week. And that's where I'm sort of unplugged from my regular workflow and I'm planning out my goals and accomplishments and things that I wanna do for the year ahead. I'm reflecting on what worked, what didn't work. Where do I envision myself for the whole next year? And it's a good process, I think, because that's kind of a weird time of the year where you're probably not working. You also probably have no idea what's going on or what day it is, and it's just a good time to like reflect. So if you're not traveling, I definitely recommend a think week. Before we get into the bulk of this episode, obviously we're gonna go through the housekeeping. Somebody sent me a message last week, the or the other day now, um, saying that I spend too much time promoting my products at the beginning of podcast episodes, which that to me is like the most annoying comment I think I've ever gotten, at least in my recent memory, because if you've been listening, you know that this podcast is not sponsored. Eventually, hopefully it will be, but for the time being, it's like my only unsponsored channel. So for me to talk about my own products for like five minutes at the beginning of every episode, respectfully, get over it. I'm going to keep doing it. If you don't like it, you can skip. You know how to fast forward on your phone. So that's what I'm going to say about that. Don't send me messages like that. I'm always open to feedback, but like that's so annoying. Anyways, into our usual housekeeping. So five minutes of self-promo. If that triggers you, move on. First things first, personal finance dashboard. You can always use the code podcast one for $10 off. At the time that this is going up, the annual end of year sale is going to be happening next week. So this is going up on December 20th. The personal finance dashboard end of year sale is gonna start on the 26th. As of now, I am not gonna be posting a podcast episode next week. I am taking the week off. So if you wanna wait, you can wait for the bigger sale. It'll be 25% off, which is $15 instead of 10. So feel free to wait if you would like. Otherwise, if you're listening to this outside of that window, you can use the code podcast one always for $10 off the personal finance dashboard. Next, own your money. It's not too late to get this as a gift for someone. Feel free. I am also in January gonna do like an own your money giveaway. Um, so if you haven't gotten the book yet and you know maybe you don't wanna buy it, that's fine, although you totally should. Um, I will be doing a giveaway. So tune into my Instagram for that. That'll be on Instagram. And let me read the Own Your Money review of the week. This one is five stars on Amazon, an informative and enjoyable read. I read this book in one evening. I couldn't put it down. I have a collection of financial literacy books, and this is one I actually enjoyed reading. Usually budgeting and finance books are written like textbooks, and I have to force myself to complete them. Michaela has managed to communicate financial information in a clear, coherent, and friendly style. She speaks casually without it being gimmicky or dumbed down. I highly recommend this book. Thank you. I feel like that is a very real 
an honest review of Own Your Money in the style that it is written in. So if you haven't read it yet, go read it. Someone, um, I think her name was Tate, if I'm remembering correctly, came up to me the other day. I was at a coffee shop talking with my friend Benny, who's going to be coming onto this podcast to talk about travel points. Um, he is like a wizard with travel points. He recently flew. I don't know if you've seen these on, I see these on TikTok all the time, but those bedroom suites on Emirates, he flew in one of those using travel points, which like that blows my mind. So he's coming on to talk to me about that and help, you know, talk about it and educate you guys on how you can get the most out of your travel points. So stay tuned. But I was chatting with him at a coffee shop the other day and Somebody came up to me. It was so sweet and kind, and she let me know that she read my book and that she's been a longtime follower, big side hustler. So if you haven't read Own Your Money, you should. We get lots of reviews, and yeah, we'll move on from that. Final thing is to leave a review for the podcast. Um, If you have not left a review for Don't Depend on Daddy, make it your gift to me. It would be really, really, really helpful. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you're following on Spotify and please leave me a five-star review on Spotify. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, please go leave me a five-star review there. And if you're feeling really spicy, you can leave me a written review. The written reviews are largely very, very positive on Apple Podcasts, so thank you so much. I am really, I've said this before, I will continue to say it, I'm really trying to continuously improve the podcast, give some different types of topics, bring on good guests. Um, This is a big goal of mine, a big area of focus going into the new year. So leave me a review. It really helps push the podcast out to more people. One last actually quick reminder is the financial plan checklist. I talked about this in last week's episode is now like fully available. So if you are interested in going through a free little mini financial planning crash course over, you know, the holiday week, your own think week, you should do that. Um, If you download the financial planning checklist in the show notes, you can go through that course for free. Follow along with that checklist as well. Again, everything is in the show notes. Now, let's get into the year in review. So how this is going to work is, you know, I'm going to go through each of the three like major categories of life. We'll start with financial, we'll go into professional, and then we will go into personal. And then at the end, I'm going to share some of my favorite purchases that I made in 2023 because I feel like that's really fun. I will give a quick disclaimer. I have notes for this, but this isn't scripted. So this is going to be a rambly episode, I'm sure. Buckle up because it's going to just be a stream of my consciousness, most likely. Um, We're going to go through some of my wins, lessons and takeaways, all that kind of stuff within each category. That being said, let's start with financial. So a couple of my big financial goals this year were to max out my retirement account, so my solo 401k, and to reach a half million dollar net worth. Two things I did, which I'm really excited about. Um, my retirement account, my solo 401k, was able to max that out as a employee. So via payroll deductions, um, because I am an employee of Breaker Budget LLC, which is, you know, I'm the owner of that, so I employ myself. And then also as an employer, when you have a solo 401k, you can do what they call profit sharing. So that's also contributing money directly from the business into those retirement accounts. So I'm really excited about that. And I did cross a half a million dollar net worth. I can actually tell you which month that happened because I've got my personal finance dashboard up. It happened in um, October, so fairly recently. And I'm really, really, really excited about that. 
realistically or like transparently, this actually happened a little bit before October. If we count my business assets, so like money I have in my business account and for taxes and whatnot, but I don't count that as part of my net worth. This is just my personal net worth. So I'm really, really excited about that. Obviously, a big factor in my ability to do that has been increasing my income. I will say that going into 2024 as well, and we'll talk about this when I get to my professional career wrapped area is side hustling is going to be a big theme for 2024 because it's booming right now. I think it's really, really um, something that if you're not doing and you have any interest in doing, you should really take it seriously in 2024. So super excited about my half million dollar net worth. That is a combination of all of my investments as well as some cash I have in a high yield savings account. I also this year, this is not something I talk about, paid off the remainder of my student loans. So I don't really talk about student loans on here because I didn't have a lot of student loans if I'm being transparent. So it's not something that I have tons of experience with. I graduated with about $15,000 of student loans, give or take. And I had no real strategy for it. I basically just, you know, put money towards it. When I was out of college, those first few years, I was just paying the minimum, never really looked at it. And then obviously when things went into forbearance, I went through the process of thinking like, does it make sense for me to continue to pay these off or should I be putting money towards my investments? My student loans were like three to 4% were the interest rate on them. They were all federal and I just continued to invest, invest, and they let those sit. Once forbearance ended and the interest came back, that's when I just did a lump sum payment. So there was about $10,000 left that I needed to pay off and I just paid those off and that was basically it. Um, not really a big like to do, but I'm excited because now I don't have that anymore. So all of my income from here on out is going towards growing my net worth and investing, which I'm excited about. A couple other non-specific financial goals that I accomplished that I'm happy with this year were traveling. I made a goal this year where I wanted to do more traveling. I wanted to really say yes to travel opportunities that came up. So I went on a couple of ski trips at the beginning of the year. I went to New York twice, which was exciting, but both of those trips were actually paid for by companies slash brands. I went with um, a company called impact.com because they had a conference that I spoke on a panel at. And then the following week I went to New York with SoFi because they invited me to this dinner. And both of those trips were great. Um, I hadn't been to New York in a while, so to go to New York two times in the span of two weeks was, you know, exciting, I guess. I'm not a huge New York fan, um, but it was a good trip to go regardless. And then I went home a few times. I did a couple of California road trips. I went to Joshua Tree. I went to Palm Springs. You know, I went down to Laguna Beach. I just feel like I did a good amount of travel, and I balanced that with also spending a pretty decent amount of time in LA, which was another goal of mine. This year though, I will say, I sort of like fell out of love with LA a little bit. I think just because, um, and I'll talk about this in detail in my personal section, but I think just because I wasn't exploring at the same degree as I was in 2021 and 2022. So, you know, food for thought. I think sometimes if you fall out of love with the city that you're living in, you need to find ways to fall back into love. And sometimes that means you are experiencing the city, traveling, and just doing that kind of stuff to find the light. Um, so yeah, another financial goal, again, non-specific, like is sticking to my financial routines. So this year was like, 
I would say a little bit more of a stressful financial year because I moved. So my expenses went up and I went into this year knowing that like there was a likelihood that I was going to move into my own apartment at some point. I just didn't know when and I knew it was going to cost money and I'd been putting it off I think a little bit longer than I probably should have. But I stuck to my financial routines because I was so like I don't even want to say financially stressed because I'm in no position to say that I'm struggling because I'm not. But it was more of a mental struggle for me of getting used to seeing a higher monthly output number for one. And two, you know, on top of moving and my just, you know, general expenses going up, I had to furnish my whole apartment. And furnishing an apartment, if you've moved, is expensive because I moved into this apartment with like literally nothing. When I moved into my apartment, uh, my first apartment in LA with a roommate, she really took charge on furnishing and she already had dishes and like glassware and all the kitchen stuff. So we didn't need to buy that. And she also had a cat. So I wasn't buying furniture for our shared space because uh, I'm sorry if you like cats, but I think cats are disgusting and I didn't want the cat to ruin any of my stuff. So she owned purchasing the furniture for the living space. She also like really wanted to decorate the way she liked it and that was fine for me. So when I moved into my current apartment, the only furniture I had was basically my bed and a dresser that ultimately I'm gonna be replacing at some point in the next couple of months. So I needed to buy, you know, all of my kitchen stuff, dishes, glassware, silverware, basic stuff like that. I needed to buy a table and chairs. I needed to buy a couch. I did have a TV, but I needed to buy a TV console. I just needed to get everything. And so it's been a very expensive year furnishing my apartment. That being said, I did make a point to buy furniture that I know I can use in multiple spaces. So if I were to move, you know, again in the next couple of years, which I hope I stay in this apartment for a while, that's my plan at least, um, if I were to move again, I don't have to buy everything from scratch, which is lovely. So that really was, I think, the driver of my, I we'll call it financial anxiety because it's not stress because I didn't struggle to pay for any of it. And really what guided me through that process was sticking to my financial routines. I'm really, really rigid about my weekly money routine and my monthly money reset. I talk about that often and I'm really proud of myself for this year sticking to it because sometimes I find when I'm overspending or I'm spending more money than I want, it's definitely, I think you can probably relate to this, it's a lot easier to not look. And I challenged myself to really look and to get comfortable with seeing some higher numbers, to get comfortable with that being the outflow for this year and to push through that discomfort because I know that it's temporary. And so I, I, unofficially deemed this year my year of spending and I'm sorry if there was just noise in the background it's my fridge I unofficially deemed this year the year of spending and it just is what it is so going into next year I'm definitely going to be working to bring the overall average down um, because I definitely I just spent a lot of money this year on furniture I probably spent like five or six thousand dollars on furniture in total, I'm actually gonna tell you the total I spent when I go through my quick little spending recap. But moving on to my next and last like financial goal takeaway, I guess, was I really did a good job this year using my money as a tool to upgrade and enhance my life. 
I think, you know, for the first year and a half that I was in LA, I was getting acclimated. I quit my job. I was getting used to being self-employed. I had a roommate. Like it was just a whole experience. Obviously when you move to a new city, it's a little bit of a different experience getting adjusted. Now that I've been here for a while and at the beginning of this year, you know, I was ready to move into my own apartment and I spent a lot of time alone. So I wanted to invest in some hobbies to get out of the house. So I've been doing class pass and going to Pilates classes and just overall, I feel like the way that I used my money this year has made my life significantly better in terms of just like overarching quality of life. And I'm really happy and proud of myself for doing that and getting myself to a point where I am able to do that. Because let me tell you, building a business, and I'm not saying this to like complain or anything, but building a business is a lot of work and it's not easy to get it off the ground. It's not easy to build a business that has legs that continuously grows. And so I'm proud of myself that I've been able to do that. So overall, I would say that 2023 was a very successful year with my money. Like I said, I spent a little bit more than I really wanted to. And I had a few months where I was mentally financially stressed, but the big driver of that was my move. It wasn't like overspending or impulse spending or things that were, I I would qualify them as poor financial decision-making. It was like, okay, I'm upgrading my living situation. And if there's one thing I learned about upgrading your living situation, it's that it does really impact how you show up in your life. I'm so much happier and I think so much more calm and less anxious and just less mad now that I live alone because there's nobody else up in my space. There's nobody leaving shit around. There isn't stuff that's impacting like my brain clutter at home, if that makes sense. I can have my apartment be the way that I want it. It's my own little retreat and oasis and it's just been It honestly has been one of the best decisions that I've ever made. So if you can afford to live alone, um, it's definitely something I recommend doing. And if you are striving, maybe that's a goal you want for your finances in 2024, it's worth it. Keep working towards it. All that to say, let's go into my spending recap. So disclaimer on this is I have not looked at my year-to-date spending yet, So this is going to be the first reaction to that. And I'm just going to go through my overall expenses and what my year-to-date totals are so far. There are two weeks left in December, so these numbers will go up probably. Some of them will go up slightly. Um, But overall, this is my first reaction. I'm in the expense report in my dashboard within the personal finance dashboard. Okay, so my year-to-date total spending as of December 14th is $63,065.93. I anticipate that this is going to be somewhere around the 65,000 range, which if I'm being completely honest, my goal this year was to spend 60k. So that's about $5,000 a month on average. I am really happy that this number is what it is because I was expecting it to be significantly higher. So I'm actually not upset about that number. Um My total essential spending so far has been $39,178. That'll probably land around $40,000, which I'm okay with that. And my total non-essential spending is $23,887, which will probably be somewhere in the $24,000 to $25,000 range at the end of the month because I still have a couple of things and gifts that I need to buy and bills that need to be paid. So... All that to say, we're going to land likely around $65,000 to $66,000, which 
I know that might sound a lot, sound like a lot to some people. It might not sound like a lot to some people. Again, we have to think about it in the context of each individual person's income. So this does not feel at all like crazy. It's significantly less than the amount of money that I have invested this year. So I'm fine with it. Again, I'd like my numbers next year to stay the same or lower. I think that will be possible again because I have no intentions of moving next year. So love that. For rent, this year in total, I've spent $30,473. That's scary, but it's still way less than if I were to purchase a home. So that's fine. That's a combination of my rent at the beginning of the year and then when my rent changed to, I paid $2,700 a month in rent, which if that sounds like a lot to you, it's actually not a lot for the area I live in and for the apartment that I'm in. I'm perfectly fine with that number. Obviously, you know, you'd always want your rent to be less, but I don't think I could find a better apartment for the same or less money. And the beauty of Los Angeles, at least the part of Los Angeles that I'm in and my current apartment is that it's rent controlled. So that number, $2,700 really isn't going to go up if at all for the duration that I'm living here. So we're happy about that. For utilities this year, I spent about $600. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but my utilities are really inexpensive because I actually don't know why. Oh, my internet is a business expense. So that's like 30 or $40 a month. I think it's $40 a month. That's a business expense. So that's not included in this number. These utilities are just electric and gas. So in my own apartment, my gas bill every month is like $6. I'm not questioning that. I don't know why it's so low. I'm not going <laughs> to email them and ask. Like it's, I'll just pay it and that's it. And I get um, my electricity bill every other month. And it's usually like $50 or $60. I think the reason is because I do have like an AC unit in this apartment. But the only time I really used it was July and August. And... For my July and August electricity bill, I paid $100. So it's not really contributing a lot to the cost of the electricity. Again, I don't know why the electricity is so low. I'm not going to ask any questions. I'm just going to pay my bill on time and move on. So around $600 for utility, I'll take it. I know that's what some people spend a month. I know that like at home for our house on the Cape in the summer, like it's $600 a month to run the AC. Um, so I think part of that too has to do with California. Like they use a lot of wind and solar. So maybe it's subsidized. I don't know. Again, I'm not asking any questions. Grocery was 2,900. That'll probably be like 3,000 3, by the end of the year. I'm really happy with that number. I'm going to actually pull up my calculator right now to get a monthly average for all of these. Um, but $3,000 on groceries is pretty good. That's about $250 a month, which is my budget. So we're on target with groceries. Insurance, I spent 1400. So for insurance, I have my car insurance, which is like 140 and then my renter's insurance, which is like 20ish give or take. Um, I'm fine with that. I feel like my car insurance also for California is pretty low. The reason it's low is because knock on wood, I have a clean driving record. I have a garage, so that's good for like safety and whatnot here. And yeah, I haven't had any accidents. I don't speed, so I haven't really had any tickets. And, you know, God willing, let's keep it that way. Gas, I spent about $1,500, which is, let's see, on average, that's $125 a month. Makes sense. I fill up my gas tank like two times a month. I drive a two-door Jeep, so the tank only holds 12 gallons. 
Um, and at $5 a gallon on average here, that's like $60 to fill up my tank, give or take. And that makes sense, two times a month. I don't do a lot of long distance driving. The thing about driving in LA, is there's a lot of stop and go traffic. So I don't get as good of mileage on my car, but I also am not driving tons. So, you know, that's, I think, why that number is what it is. I don't commute. It's fine. Um, personal care. I spent $987. I feel like, oh, that's different. Personal care, this is personal care drugstore. So that's like shampoo, CVS, toothpaste, contact solution, that kind of stuff. I'm fine with that. That's not a crazy number to me. Um, I don't know exactly what all of those purchases were. I want to say, too, some of that might have to be... Actually, no, I think my contacts are in other. So, okay, that's a good number. Um, $1,000 on self-maintenance, like not self-maintenance, that's a different category, on toiletries and whatnot, that's fine. Makeup, that kind of stuff. Subscriptions, 262. That's my Oro subscription, which is $20 a month or $19 a month. That's like the Pilates subscription I do. Even though I do class pass now, I still keep that because sometimes I like to do classes at home. It's not enough money for me to care. And also Spotify, which is $9.99, or now I think it's $10.99 a month. Other, this is just like miscellaneous stuff. This was $1,100. And yeah, I think that's like contacts, just random stuff that didn't really fall into a specific category. So that brings my total essentials to $39,178. i am really totally fine with that number because most of it is rent. So really, if the $30,000 is rent, then that's only like $9,000 on everything else, which I think that's pretty good. Um, but again, I think context is important. So I'm curious what other people spend annually. Maybe I'll do a poll on that on my Instagram. Next, we have non-essential. So restaurants, I spent $3,200. That'll probably go up to like $3,500 by the end of this year. You know, I think that my restaurant spending was pretty good. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up my personal finance dashboard from last year too. And let's see what I spent on restaurants last year. I didn't go out to eat as much this year. So I'm like perfectly okay with that. And looking at my dashboard from 2022, I spent $4,400 on restaurants last year. So this year I spent over $1,000 less, just about $1,000 less. So woohoo, go me. I just don't feel like going out to eat is really worth it anymore. And I'm drinking my coffee, so sorry. I don't, I just don't think it's worth it anymore. Like for me to go out, recently I went out with my friend. We went to this pizza place. It's called Gisalo in Santa Monica. Really good if you live in LA. Um, but basically we each got a pizza. We split a bottle of wine, which is the driver of this bill. And we split one salad. And with tip, we each paid $80 for pizza, sa for pizza salad and wine. Like, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. So I'm fine to go out to eat like, like that once a month. But before I used to value that a lot and I'd go out to eat like that two or three times a month, I don't need to do that anymore. I'd rather cook at home, it's healthier. If I'm gonna order food, I'm gonna order takeout now because usually it's better and it doesn't involve me going out, which is very different than how I felt in the past. And I think that highlights that it's okay to change how you think about certain things and to like change the way that you approach spending. Shopping, I spent $3,640. Last year I spent $4,400, so again, woohoo, we brought that number down. I just don't really need anything. I don't go out a lot, like I have, I feel like I have enough clothes 
to work for going out and needing to be dressed and like dressing appropriately. Um, I would say if I'm going to be buying things next year, what I really want to start buying is more like upscale or nicer quality athleisure clothes, like sweatsuits and clothes to wear around the home because that's where I spend most of my time like working. So I don't need to buy too, too many going out clothes. But again, I think bringing this number down by like $1,000 is a good thing. And I'm much more intentional about the shopping purchases that I make. Self-maintenance, I spent $2,400 versus last year I spent just about the same. Um, that's haircuts, pedicures, and I get a monthly Brazilian wax and every other month I also do my eyebrows. So I go to Cindy Smooth, her name's Cindy. She's in uh, Marina Del Rey. If you live in LA and you're looking for someone for eyebrow waxing, um, Brazilian waxing, any sort of that kind of stuff, go to her. She's awesome. Um, this also includes like some facials and stuff because I did my spa trip to Palm Springs. Um, I'm going to get my hair cut again next week. Like I think that $2,400 is good. I don't do anything outrageous for self-maintenance. At least I don't feel like I do. I don't get my nails done regularly. Only pedicures like once a month. And I haven't gotten Botox. Like I don't do facials every month or anything like that. I am planning to potentially get Botox next year. So we'll see how that number changes. Uber's parking, $600. That's fine. I don't Uber a lot because I don't drink a lot. This is mostly Ubers to and from the airport. Coffee, um, $1,000. That's really good. I would have thought that number would be significantly higher. Um, oh, also in my shopping budget, that $600 of that or $700 of that was my Breville. So I'm actually like really happy with that number. Um, coffee, that's mostly go, obviously going out to coffee and then also now more recently buying beans for my coffee. Gifts, I spent about six or $700. I still haven't bought a lot of my um, Christmas gifts because we're not doing this year in my family like tons of physical gifts we're doing like I'm taking my parents for a day in Newport like those kinds of gifts I'm taking my dad out to dinner like that's the kind of gifts we're giving um and yeah so that's why that number is what it is somebody messaged me like how do you not spend that much money on gifts I mean I'm not really we don't really do that in my house um in my family anymore um so yeah at least for the holidays Next, miscellaneous. This is just, again, non-essential stuff that doesn't fall into a specific category. So let me see if I can actually find some examples of my miscellaneous. I'm gonna filter on my income expense log. Yeah, so this is like concert tickets, stuff from Amazon. I guess I could fall into like shopping, whatever. Um, doctor's appointments, uh, pool pass for a day, just random stuff. My DMV fee, you know, I guess anything that doesn't really fall into a category. I get, I'm thinking next year, maybe I could break this bucket out because there's $3,700 of expenses in here. So I could be better about that, but that's fine. Travel, I spent $3,800. All of that came out of my sinking fund. So I'm excited about that. That's like plane tickets to and from home, ski trips, ski tickets, all of that. Last year I spent, I think the same. Um, yeah, I spent $3,900 on travel. So that's comparable. Moving in here, I have about $5,000, which there you go. That is the big driver behind my, you know, the difference of spending 60,000 versus 65,000. That's all of my like furniture expenses, my couch, my table, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm actually fine with that number. It felt much more, it felt bigger to me than that. So, okay. 
And then workout, that is my class pass membership. I spent about $1,000. That was new for this year. It's so worth it. I honestly am thinking I might increase my class pass credits for next year. And I'm happy with that too, because I, my big thing with class pass and the reason I signed up is to get out of the house. And I find on the credits that I'm on right now, I can go to a class like three times a week, maybe I'd like to go four to five times per week. So yeah, the reason why I haven't joined a specific studio is because the instructor that I like doesn't teach at the studio every day. So yeah, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. So that's on my docket for next year. Okay. Now we're going to move into my professional wrapped and I apologize. I feel like this episode might be really long, so sorry. But like I said, we're rambling because I've got a lot to say. So I'm going to go through some of my bigger career professional accomplishments from this year and then a little bit of things that I've been thinking about for next year too, how I've been feeling because I definitely this year have become a lot more open with just the struggles that I've been facing, maybe feeling a little bit lonely, feeling creatively stuck, feeling you know a lack of motivation. But now that I've sat down and listed out all of the things that I did this year, I'm actually pretty happy with them. Although I was looking at some of my goals I set at the beginning of this year and I didn't really follow through on a lot of them. Um, I won't say I didn't accomplish them. I just didn't execute on them. But this year I learned a lot about how to better structure and plan out not only my goals, but also my business so that I'm getting things done and moving things along while also keeping the lights on because those are two separate things that need to be happening simultaneously And it's taken me a really long time to figure out how to properly do that. So that's my little intro to this. Let's go through some of my business professional accomplishments from this year. First things first, I signed with management. Yay, I'm really excited about that because that was a goal of mine this year. I signed with Odyssey Entertainment. Um, They are based in Nashville and also in LA. I'm super, super happy that I was able to find management that like I felt aligned with. It's something that I've been struggling to do for a while. The big goal with signing with management is twofold. One, to take a lot of the burden and pressure off brand deals and negotiating brand deals because that's something that like I've, I wouldn't say had a hard time with. I just never knew if like the rates I was advocating for were accurate, which they were lower than what they should have been based off of what I've been finding with management. But two, like getting swindled with contracts, forgetting to invoice, all that kind of stuff. So with management, they keep track of everything and they do the invoicing and they make sure that the contract and the rates are negotiated properly. And it's just having a team is, it's taken a lot of the pressure off and they're gonna help me next year with PR for my book. They are helping with a lot of stuff, social strategy, all that kind of thing. So really happy about signing with management and it very much so has been worth the 20% commission they take on my deals because the rates that they negotiate for me are more than 20% higher than what I would have gotten if I didn't have them, if that makes sense. So super excited to have signed with management. It's taken a lot of the pressure off of me. Other big professional accomplishment this year. I published a book. That's a big deal. Um, A lot of people never do that in their lives. And I submitted my second book. So I'm already on to round two here. Um, Big, big accomplishment. I'm really excited about that. I don't feel like I properly like celebrated that. So maybe I'll treat myself to something next year as a celebration for like publishing two books in my 20s, which is crazy. Um, Social media. My Instagram grew a lot this year. My TikTok sort of stagnated a little bit, which is fine. TikTok has been a harder thing to 
navigate, I guess. But my Instagram, not only has my Instagram grown, but my engagement has increased a lot. I feel much more closer and connected to my Instagram followers than I did at the beginning of the year. So I'm very excited about that. And we're gonna keep that mojo going into next year. A revenue goal, I did exceed my business revenue between this year and last year. Um, not by a ton. My goal this year was to match what I made last year. And so I did do that and a little bit more, which if I would have continued or I exceeded it further based off of contracted work that I did with different brands, but the timing of payments never really aligns properly. So I have, you know, I don't know, a pretty significant chunk of money that I earned in 2023, but I won't get paid until 2024. So that will count as my revenue for next year, which again, it's all the same money. It's fine. So it's not a big deal, but really breaking out my business revenue. My goal this year was to increase my business revenue from my own break your budget products, as opposed to business sponsors, uh, brand deal sponsorships, which I did. I'm really excited about that. I increased my personal finance dashboard revenue. I increased my own your career revenue. And I also increased my four week financial plan revenue. So excited about that because my ultimate goal with break your budget is to get to a point where I don't need to take any sponsorships and where a hundred percent of my revenue is reliant on my own products. So we're getting there. It's a slow process. Next year, I'm hoping to do some speaking engagements. I'm going to be introducing some new, um, like break your budget services, products, etc. I didn't really launch anything new this year. So to be able to get new customers at the level that I did is a huge accomplishment. I substantially grew the personal finance dashboard, which I just sort of alluded to, but that was a big goal of mine um, to get more people to enroll in the PFD. Obviously, I see big increases in enrollments during sale periods, but my month over month enrollments for the personal finance dashboard were much higher than they were last year. And they're very steady and consistent, which I'm really excited about because it's hard to sell and to scale a digital product. I think sometimes online people make it look really easy, but to continuously be seeking and getting new customers and getting them to convert on a sale without being like super overly salesy in the content that you're posting is hard. Um, it's been a balance that's been challenging for me to find. So to see that success this year, I'm really proud of myself and we're gonna keep that going into 2024. The new product or the only new thing that I launched this year was my annual planner. That's more niche, so that wasn't like a huge driver of my revenue, but it was something new. And again, looking into next year, I'm gonna be focusing on some new offers. I did a few masterclasses at the beginning of the year, and what I'm gonna be doing for next year is introducing some monthly memberships. And within those memberships, there will be access to masterclasses. Um, so I'm excited for that. I've mentioned in prior episodes that like I'm gonna be starting with a personal finance accountability membership that's coming in January. I'm still in the process of sussing out a side hustle membership because as I've done some side hustle mentorship, I have found that the big thing that people find the most helpful is the accountability aspect in both regards, both personal finance and side hustle. Having the self-discipline to hold yourself accountable is really, really, really hard. And when you have somebody else there sort of cheering you on and championing you in that process, it's a lot easier to show up for yourself. So that's the goal of those memberships is to 
not only create the accountability, but also create a space for, you know, additional resources for the people who are looking for a little bit more support in both aspects. So from a professional standpoint, lots of big accomplishments this year, lots of things that I'm looking forward to for next year. And my overall takeaway here is that I'm really happy with the progress I made with Break Your Budget this year, despite you know, going through a handful of waves where I was just really not motivated. I don't think this year was my most productive year. I definitely wasted a lot of time this year and I got really sidetracked with my book because that's such a huge time suck. So I'm so excited next year to not be writing another book. Um, not only just because I'm kind of tired of it, but because it, it really takes a lot of time and attention. Um, and my goals for next year are really to grow and continue to scale. That was kind of what my goal was this year, but the book sort of got in the way of that in terms of time commitment. And next year, we're going to be growing and scaling social media. We're going to be introducing some new products. And the goal or like the theme of 2024 is community. So I want to get to know you guys. I want to meet you. I want to create more spaces to have conversation between you and I, but also between each other, right? Because there's so many people out there who are probably working towards the same things that you are. And I have found that sometimes within your own circle of friends, it can be hard to have these kinds of conversations. So it's good to have another space to progress and to move yourself forward. And that's my goal, what I want to create in 2024. A couple of struggles from this year outside of the fact that like I went through a handful of periods where I wasn't motivated, I didn't have a lot of discipline, and I felt really stuck was social media comparison. So the weird thing about social media, because now I've been doing this for a long time, is like there's always space for new people to come in and sort of blow up out of nowhere. And that's a really hard thing to, I guess, like, I don't want to say deal with because it's not that big of a deal, but to see because, you know, I've been doing this now since 2019 and I would say that I've had pretty consistent steady growth on Instagram and on TikTok, but then you see people come in who like just started this year and they blow up and they have really great engagement and they're doing all of these things and it just feels and looks so easy to them. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? Um, and it's frustrating because it's like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for so long and I'm still not at that level. And you come in and you're able to just, you know, snap your fingers and all of a sudden you have this huge presence online. So the comparison aspect of social media has been really challenging for me this year. I remember and remind myself to stay in my own lane. Someone else's success is not my failure. That is something that I've really, really focused on this year is I'm doing my own thing and what success looks like for someone else is different than what success looks like for me. I'm happy, I'm paying my bills, I'm you know, making much more money than I would be if I was working a comparable job. I'm much happier, I have way more control over my life and those are wins in and of themselves. I also have to remind myself because this is something I think that happens when you know, your normal changes. So I am living the life that I dreamed of two or three years ago. You know, I live in my own apartment in Los Angeles. I'm self-employed. I'm making good money. And I need to constantly remind myself that 25-year-old Michaela would die over the fact that this is my life right now. And comparing myself or not, you know, giving myself props for that is a disservice to a younger version of me. So if you find that you're in a similar boat where you're like, you know, 
I'm kind of bored. I, I'm not feeling as grateful for the position I'm in that I should be. Remind yourself of where you were a few years ago. That's another thing I'm focusing on in terms of career is just like the constant or regular recognition and celebration for how much I've accomplished. Because when your life looks a certain way for a long period of time, it's easy to just treat that as your normal and forget that, you know, what you're doing is really freaking cool. So I'm really proud of myself and I really want to be better about celebrating the accomplishments that I've had. Like for example, I published a book. I didn't, I didn't even do anything to celebrate that. I didn't have a launch party. I didn't go out to dinner. Like I just, the book published on a Tuesday. I woke up just like any other day and that was kind of it. And what the hell is wrong with me? Like I need to celebrate that some way, somehow. I don't know. I, it's just, I don't know what to do for it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know. So that's something that I need to focus on. And then thinking forward to next year, as I've mentioned, community is the big one. I really want to introduce more side hustle content into my content pillars. So this year was a big career pillar moment for me. I spent a lot of time ingraining professional career advice into what I talk about. And next year we're adding a third, it's going to be side hustle stuff in terms of other like business goals, areas of focus for me. I haven't sussed these goals out too much quite yet, but it's coming is I really want to grow and develop the podcast. I just need to figure out how to do this sort of like, I don't want to say on my own, but how to do it in a sustainable way. Because a lot of times people like book podcast studios and stuff And I just don't see that being something that I do or that I can stick with long-term. So I'm thinking about potentially transforming like a corner of my apartment to be a little area where I can sit down and record the podcast and, you know, I don't know, just be, I don't want to say be better, but make the podcast more professional. I've gotten a lot of asks to come back to YouTube, um, which is surprising to me because my YouTube is not big. Um, Not a lot of people watched my YouTube, but I don't know. Long form video is something people want. I don't know. So it's in the works. We're thinking about it. But my podcast is something I'm taking more seriously in 2024. And the big thing is also growing break your budget business as opposed to break your budget brand deals. So that is my little professional wrapped big year. Lots of goals, lots of struggles, honestly. In 2024, I know I'm not going to be immune to struggling, but I really am focused on staying more productive with my time, really honing my routines and not wasting time. The goal is to move the business forward dramatically in 2024. And I'd also love to hire someone, which I haven't talked about a lot. Um, My big goal is I really want to hire my sister, but I don't feel like I'm at enough annual revenue yet where I'm comfortable being also responsible for somebody else. So the goal is by the end of next year to hopefully have at a minimum some part-time help. Okay, we've reached the final life pillar here and it's personal. So personal wise this year has been an up and down, I would say. Big up, moved into my own apartment. So happy about that. As I've said before, I freaking love living alone. It's the best thing I ever did for myself. I love my apartment, I love being here, and I spend a lot of time here, so it better be a place that I like to be in. Um, Another thing is I went out a lot more, and I put myself out of my comfort zone. So I've said it in the past that I'm not a big like going out person, I don't really love going to bars, that's not really my vibe, 
But this year I really made an effort to be more social in that way and put myself out of my comfort zone. I look at it as like, there will come a time in the very near future where this is not something that I'm doing. So I might as well enjoy it now. And I feel like I met a lot of new friends just by nature of being out and about. And yeah, I'm going to keep doing that for 2024, at least for the foreseeable future. I made my home my sanctuary, big deal. It's still a work in progress, but I, like I said, I love being at home. And another big personal goal here was leaning into my hobbies. So I've made some content about this in the past, but I really focused on investing in my hobbies. So that was like going to Pilates classes. That was my espresso machine. I started crocheting. I started really focusing on my own habits, routines, and just making myself the best version of me I could be. I want to be someone who has things going on because I find that later in your 20s and stuff, what I see with a lot of, I don't even want to say peers, but just like people I follow on Instagram and stuff and other people my age is, you know, at this point in your time, a lot of people are settling down, they're getting married or they're in long-term relationships, which is a big goal of mine for 2024 but there's an element of that that's outside of my control. So it's kind of hard to make that a goal. It's something that I'm going to be working towards, but we'll get to that. Um, a big thing that I see is people like lose their sense of self later in their twenties because you're so wrapped up in like a boyfriend or a husband or a partner or whatever. And I find that a lot of my friends who are married, like, yes, your lives are ingrained and intertwined in a way, obviously, but none of them have like <laughs> hobbies of their own. And I personally think that that's really lame. So I don't wanna be that person when I'm in a relationship. I, I wanna have my independence. I wanna bring something to the table. I wanna be interesting. I wanna have things that I can do on my own with someone or without someone. And so this year was really big for me in developing hobbies and skills and interests outside of my work because that's another thing I don't want to be. I don't want to be one of those work-obsessed people. I don't want my job to be my entire life. There's an element where my job is my life, but I'm not going to be a 24-7 worker and I also want to have things in my life that I can do. So hobbies was really big for me. That's Pilates, that's walking, that's learning about espresso. Like I mentioned, that's crocheting. I need to get back into that. Um, I'm going to be taking a ceramics course in January, which I'm excited about. And yeah, just like leaning into like the things in my life that bring me joy and developing some different skills and stuff. Really did a good job about that this year. I will say on the flip side of all of these personal accomplishments, this year was probably one of the loneliest years of my life outside of the pandemic, at least in the second half of the year. I feel like the first half of the year was like, not super lonely, but the second half of the year, I've spent a lot of time alone. I just like, I live alone. I work alone. I, by nature, spend so much time by myself. And that's not a bad thing, but it's definitely something that I'm trying to get more used to. I really do enjoy my own company and I'm my own best friend, but next year I want to, again, the big theme is community. I really want to focus on my community. I feel like I've grown distant from some of my friends here, you know, sort of by choice. Um, and I'd like to meet some new friends. I'd like to make more friends. I'd like to nurture the relationships I currently have. And I'd like to enter a romantic relationship. I've said that so many times on the podcast. So hopefully me talking about it manifests it into my life. But I really do want to have a boyfriend next year. I feel like I'm ready for that. I've sussed out my career. I've got my personal life in order. 
and relationships, hope, you know, romantic and platonic are top of mind going into 2024. So the challenge with that is it has been really hard to like meet people that I feel like are worth my time. I wouldn't say that it's due to lack of effort because I'm out and about, you know, I actually am off the dating apps at the moment and I plan to stay off of them for a little while because I find that they're just not positive environments at all. And it's actually a waste of time. Like if somebody's having success on dating apps, let me know. But I literally think that they're a waste of time. And I also find the quality of people I'm meeting on there are just not good. So I'm not going to exist under an illusion that I'm going to meet somebody on an app. And I think that's going to make it a lot easier for me and really push me to be more open when I am out in social settings. So that's how we feel about that. Um, but really my goals going into 2024 and the vibes going into 2024 are just relationships, nurturing friendships and fostering my independence and really making an active point to be social on the weekend. But that doesn't mean that I have to be going to the bars. I think one of the big reasons why I struggled and have been struggling at the end of this year, I would say since like Q4 really started the back half of the summer in Q4 is because I've just spent a lot of time going out. And I would say like my interest in LA has gone down in the same direct correlation as the amount of time I've spent in bars has gone up. So what I really wanna do is focus on outside plans, hiking, day trips, going to the beach, beach walks, going to Air One, like the things that made me fall in love with LA, I wanna really prioritize in 2024, especially at the beginning of the year. And I want to spend less time at the bars because you can still be social, not drinking and not at bars. So that's my overall personal update there. And now we're going to go into the best purchases of 2023, 2023, because we haven't gotten to 2024 yet. First things first, I feel like this goes without saying is my apartment was the best. I don't, because I, I didn't purchase it obviously, but it's the best money I spent this year. I'm not gonna elaborate that any further because we've already talked about it, but it definitely deserves a spot on this list. Number two, which I guess is technically number one, my espresso machine. I bought a Breville Barista Express at the beginning of September. It was, it was a mini impulse purchase because I had been wanting an espresso machine for a while and I was gonna actually wait until Christmas and Black Friday, but I decided I didn't want to, and so I just bought it one day. I freaking love my Breville Barista. It's the best thing ever. I love making my coffee in the morning. It's made my morning routine just so much more mindful and interesting. I love the fresh smell of coffee, grinding the beans. I love being able to go to different coffee shops and buy beans and just everything about it, I'm obsessed. It is way better than the Nespresso machine and the quality that comes out of it is way better. I can't even use my Nespresso anymore. I am keeping my Nespresso for like if I have guests here and just for the sake of having it, I have pods that need to get used up eventually. So I'm keeping my Nespresso, but I don't use that anymore because the Breville is just, it's so much better. So if you are someone who's interested in coffee or you've been thinking about getting an Nespresso machine, I really, really love it, and it's definitely one of my favorite purchases from this year. Number two is my couch. I don't show my couch a lot because the lighting in my living room isn't really conducive for like making videos, but I bought my couch from Living Spaces, and it's like a Southwest 
furniture supplier, so I don't think you can get it everywhere in the country. But the couch that I bought is the 96-inch Utopia couch. It's basically a cloud couch dupe. It was like $1,200, but I bought all the insurance, so it was a little bit more. I'm obsessed. It's so deep. It's so comfortable. It's so nice. It looks great. I got the color Caitlin Flax, and I love it. I think it was the best value couch I could have gotten. It doesn't feel cheap because I find that a lot of like couches that are discount couches, they look cheap, which all, all the more respect to um, finding furniture on a budget, but like I wanted my apartment to look nice and I just don't feel like budget couches generally are able to do that. Like you can tell. So I knew that buying a couch was gonna be expensive and I was able to find a budget couch or more budget-friendly couch that also looks really nice. So it's a Living Spaces Utopia couch. I'm obsessed with it, highly recommend. I think next year I'm going to buy the ottoman that goes along with it. I just need to do some measuring and honestly I'm waiting to see what my income looks like at the beginning of next year. One of the things about working for yourself is that when you start the new year, you basically start at zero. So because of that, I generally like to wait on any big purchases until like Q2 because within Q1 I'm able to get a sense of, okay, how are things going? So that was my next big purchase. Another one of my favorite purchases is a more recent one. I got this on Black Friday, but I'm obsessed is my new desk. So I got the FlexiSpot Comhar desk in the big size. I wanna say it's like 56 inches maybe or 58 inches with the maple top. It was a little bit of a splurge. Um, it was like, I think $400 or so, but I am obsessed. I was using a desk that I had actually got sent for free when I first moved out to LA. There was nothing wrong with it. It just didn't match my apartment. And I know that sounds kind of annoying, but my desk is in the middle of my apartment. It's in my living space. So every time I would come in, it would just like, my eyes would immediately go to my desk in a negative way. I feel like it didn't look good in videos. I didn't like the way it looked in my apartment, but it wasn't an urgent purchase. So I stuck it through up until Black Friday when the desk I currently have went on sale. I'm obsessed. I feel more productive now that I've set up my desk a little bit differently for one. And two, it just looks so much better both in my apartment and on camera and everything. So it was definitely a worthwhile purchase for me. And yeah, I love it. Um, so if you are someone who, you know, maybe you work from home and you don't like your desk set up, here's your reminder that it's important to make sure you like the space you work at and you spend so much time at it. So invest in it really. Um, Cause now I feel like every time I set up my desk, I'm like, okay, I really like everything going on here. I'm comfortable. I have plenty of space and it just puts you in the zone a little bit more. So desk, big win. Also, I'm sorry if there's some background noise. They are collecting the trash around my street and neighborhood and I just can't keep stopping the podcast to let them go by. So if you hear noise in the background, I'm sorry. It is what it is. Next is my candle warmer. This is a small purchase, but I have so much anxiety over forgetting to blow out candles. Why I have that anxiety, I don't know because I've literally never forgotten to do that and I take pictures of the candles being blown out. But because I have so much anxiety about forgetting to do that, especially now that I live alone, I have found that I stopped using my candles, which isn't that big of a deal. But I ended up buying a candle warmer also during Black Friday and I'm obsessed, not only for the vibes, but also because I can use my candles without actually lighting them. So the candle warmer that I got is from Amazon. 
And if you're like me and you have anxiety over lighting candles, get a candle warmer. Great for vibes, great for, you know, scenting your apartment to smell nice and also can help avoid forgetting to blow your candles out. So I'm probably gonna buy another one for my bedroom and another one for my kitchen because since it has such a strong light, like at night, I'll turn all my lights off except for the candle warmer. It's really vibey and I'm obsessed. So that is another one of my favorite purchases. And then my last one, this is an honorable mention because I technically didn't buy this in 2023. It's my hatch alarm clock. So in 2022, I bought the hatch alarm clock, but I think I got a defective one, I guess, because they emailed me in 2023 and we're like, oh, your hatch that you bought was part of a defective group. Like we're going to send you the updated hatch for free. So I was like, okay. So 2023, I got the upgraded, like new version of the hatch alarm clock. And when I tell you this alarm clock has changed my life, I feel like that's not new news. Everybody always talks about the hatch. I am obsessed with my hatch alarm clock. If you struggle with like evening routines and morning routines, it's worth the splurge for a nice alarm clock. I don't go on my phone at night. I don't go on my phone in the morning because I have this alarm clock. At night, I have two little settings. First is red light and rain sounds. And I listen to that when I'm reading. And then when I stop reading, I have it go to brown noise. And I keep getting like the nicest, deepest sleep ever. And then waking up, I have the, um, my alarm goes off at 6.15 and I have it set on sunrise. So it starts sunrising 30 minutes before my alarm goes off. And then at 6.15, it plays me like bird sounds or flutes or whatever, I change that. It's literally the best thing ever. So really great gift, but also just like, if you are someone who going into the new year is like, I am in the mood to overhaul my routines, get the hatch alarm clock and get the new one because the new one I think is way better anyways. And it looks better and it's just, I don't know. I'm obsessed. So those are my best purchases of this year. I'm going to wrap up this episode. I think it's really long, hopefully not too rambly. If you made it this far, congratulations. Let me know. And I'm taking next week off from the podcast. So I will see you in 2024. So thank you so much for all of the support this year. It means a lot to me. I'm so lucky and happy and grateful that I get to work for myself and that I get to do this as my job. If you've been a supporter of the podcast, you are a true fan um, I'm obsessed and thank you so much for being here. So I will catch you next year. Happy holidays and happy new year.